worshiping God and thinking about a life dedicated to Him. So uh, I just appreciate all of you being here this morning. Uh, this morning when we're talking about, I, a couple things to think about. Uh, of course, when we get together as Christians like this, we're thinking about, uh, you know, we just kind of uh, ideas and things we find from the Bible that we apply to our lives uh, as a group of Christians, as a group of people just trying to follow Christ. And this morning I'd like to uh, start that by saying and, and having this statement, and that is, a new identity creates new activity. I know we live in a world where identity is important. People are trying to steal it all the time and uh, take your money, and so you got to be careful and protect your identity, right? Uh, this morning we kind of got this idea what identity is like, so think about that statement for a minute, all right? A new identity creates new activity. In other words, who we are or maybe who we become would change or at least to some degree it would create a new activity. We do different things based upon who we are. Everybody going to go along with that? Kind of make sense? All right, all right. Now, of course, the second part of it you're reading up there is what we're talking about is the effects of God's Spirit on the, new on the new Christian. Now, what I don't mean by that is new Christian as someone who has just become a Christian, okay? Because sometimes, you know, you think about, well, well new Christian, oh, you're talking about someone who's just become a Christian. No, I'm talking about a Christian because anybody that is a Christian is something new. Amen? We'll give you one more chance at that, right? Anybody that is a Christian is something new, right? Okay, now because of that, things are a little different. Now, I got to thinking this morning, and, and I'm going to give you a chance, to, especially tonight or this evening, or whenever you guys have your small groups, you'll talk about this more. And one of the things I'd like to encourage you to talk about is the idea uh, of that particular statement and what that means in our Christian life, our, as our life living for our Lord. And that's the idea of a new creation creates a new activity, all right? When we become something different, when our identity has changed, our lives change. We become something different because of who our identity is now aligned with. Now, I got to thinking, sometimes I have lessons, sermons, and I talk a lot about changing activity. Uh, in other words, I talk, you know, and, and I need that. I need somebody to say, hey, you need to, you know, things, you know, if you're, if you're not following your Lord and there's different things that you find that you're not doing you need to change that activity. You need to, you need to move that around and say, uh, what does God want me to do? And, and make your activity align with that. Well, I got to thinking this last, as I was getting this lesson together, maybe we're getting the cart before the horse. Everybody understand that one? You know, I get to thinking this, the statements and phrases that I use, I mean, I'm just so, but I got, you know, maybe somebody has no clue what I mean when I say you get the cart before the horse. You guys understand that, right? You get the cart up there and the horse behind, you know, that doesn't make sense, right? You got to, okay, okay. Anyway, the idea being, maybe I've got those in the wrong order. Maybe I need to start talking, and I, in my own life, I need to, oh, I need to change this activity, change this thing. No, maybe I need to back up and say, what's wrong in my relationship with God that has led me to a point that I'm doing things that God doesn't want me to do, right? In other words, maybe I need to back up and look at my identity because it may be in that that if I get that like it's supposed to be, then my activity, my actions will start to change. And this morning, that's what I'd like to talk about for just a few minutes. I got a, only two sections of verses that I'm going to read today. And for those of you thinking, oh, a short lesson, uh, 
two sections of verses, but they may take us a little while to get through, but there's some things there that I think are very interesting, and especially with the idea of this identity thing. Who are we, all right? And how does that make such a difference in our lives? The first one is over in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Now, I'm not looking at all the context there. There may be some other things that you find as you're reading there in Romans chapter 8 that will apply, and there's lots of interesting things that Paul is talking about. But I'd like to especially look at verses 5 through 8. It says this, Those who live following their sinful selves think about only the things that their sinful selves want. Now, it depends on what version you're looking at right now. Your wording might be something like this. Those who live according to the flesh think about the things of the flesh. Okay, the idea is these are things that are earthly, fleshly, sinful self, uh, mortal stuff that, that, that people without Christ or that don't belong to Him or not trying to follow Him, it's more of the natural things that you do if you have no control over yourself. You just do whatever feels good, you do whatever you think you're going to like, in other words, that sort of thing, okay? And so that's the idea uh, that's being portrayed here is there are people who are just doing what, eh, whatever the sinful self wants them to do. Now, Paul says about that, but those who live following the Spirit are thinking about things that the Spirit wants them to do. Okay, so we got that contrast, right? We got, and, and by the way, that is a big contrast. Would you Christians agree with that? That is a big one. You're talking about things of the flesh, things that the, that the, that the worldly person would, would be pulled to do. Uh, lust of the eyes, right? Uh, uh, um, pride and, and uh, that, that whole craving, right? We want, we got to have greed. Uh, so we, we understand that. Well, on the other side of that are the things of the Spirit, the Spirit of God. This is not some kind of uh, uh, weird thing that... Uh, uh, like a, a movie where there's this ghost and he's woo, uh, trying to get, no, 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 no. We're just talking about the Spirit of God. In other words, the godly things that, that, that we have in our life. Well, those are different than those earthly or fleshly things, okay? And if we're thinking about the fleshly, th if, you know, if that's our focus, then that's what we're going to do. But if we're thinking about the things of the Spirit, then that's what we're going to follow. So th th that's how that's going to go. He says, if people's thinking is controlled by their sinful self, there is death, right? In other words, we're starting out immediately saying, okay, this is a serious deal. But if the thinking is controlled by the Spirit, then there is life and, you read that next part? Peace. Life and peace, which is so important in my life. I need to have the peace that passes understanding, the peace that God gives because I don't know how I can make it through issues and problems and things that happen in this life without the peace that God gives. But he goes on to say this, when people's thinking is controlled by their sinful self, they are against God because they refuse to obey God's laws and really are not even able to obey God's laws. Those people who are ruled by their sinful selves cannot please God. Okay, now, I just decided, well, why don't we just put those things up there and look at them? Because we're talking about this, this new identity, this new person, right? This thing that happens is because the Spirit of God is now in us and leading us. 
it makes things different. And, and you notice that big contrast there. We, all, we, got, the, we got those that are, that are following the Spirit, and we got those that are following the sinful self, or the flesh, or, or whatever your version might say there. So there. And there's a big contrast there, right? And, of course, the first thing is, is what you think about. I mean, what are, you, what are you striving for? What are you thinking? I mean, do you think about the stuff that the sinful self wants, or do you think about the things that the Spirit wants? I want to be led by the Spirit of God and not led by just what I think or what I feel or my human fleshly ways. That's the distinction, and that's the, that's the separation that he makes there. He says about that, that those that are, decide that they're going to be led by the Spirit, there is life and peace. There is that, there are wonderful things that are given because we are being led by the Spirit. But on the opposite side of that, there's death. Sometimes even physical death, but always spiritual death. We decided to go the sinful way, there's spiritual death. We cannot be what God wants us to be. And it's interesting that he goes on to say that they are against God. And of course, he makes the distinction, the reason they're against God is because they're not doing what God says. You guys remember that, right? I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, family, we need to think about that a little bit. Because to be against God means we just don't do what God says. It's not that we're going out and preaching against God. It's not that we're going out and we're telling people, don't believe in God. God's not real. You know, it's not that. It's just that we don't do what God says. And so this morning, we could come to a building, and we could talk about it over and over, and we could preach lessons and sing songs, but if you don't do the things that God has asked you to do, Paul says you're against God because you're not doing what God says. So you don't have to preach it. Oh, I don't believe in God. All you got to do is not do what God says, and you're saying and preaching against God, okay? Very serious stuff. This brings death, all right? He also goes on to say that they refuse to obey God's law. Interesting thought here, if you read that, did you notice the next part of that? They refuse to obey God's law, and really, they're not even able to obey God's law. Now, I found that kind of interesting. What do you mean, Paul? Well, it's not that they don't just do it, they're not even able to, because their thinking is focused on something other than being led by the Spirit. In this particular case, they're being, their thinking is controlled by their worldly wants, worldly things, worldly fleshly stuff. And because of that, they can't even possibly, they really can't even do it because they won't let the Spirit lead them, okay? Oh, very serious that we see who we are and who we're being led by because we're talking about death versus life. This morning, I don't want to be against God. I don't want to be preaching against God. The way I can do that is just not do what God says. That's not who I am. It's not who we are. We are God's people, His Spirit living in us, leading us, guiding us, pulling us, pushing us. He's the one who controls everything, controlled by the Spirit. I found that interesting. Also, and that's what all I'm going to say about that particular verse. You guys can read more about that in Romans chapter 8. But I'd like to go on to another one, and that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, there's some other things there that you're going to want to see in the context, and I encourage you to read that. But the particular things that I'd like to look at are in verses 14 and 15, and then I'll skip 16 because there's some other things, and it kind of takes a uh, direction there that's important, but it's not something we're going to be dealing with this morning. And then we'll go to verse 17. All right, Verse 14 and 15 says this. The love of Christ controls us. Now, 
I don't know if you're willing to admit that or not, or if you want to say that or not, but if you would like to have that in your life, and that is who you are, maybe you'd like to repeat that first phrase with me. All right, here we go. The love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ controls us. And when you want to talk about a new identity, here it is. The love of Christ controls us. It's the idea, and of course I don't know a lot about Greek, and I don't know a lot about uh, how the different phrases and things work, but I do know in this particular case, and you can read sermons and stuff that are put around this particular verse, it, it's the idea of the puppet guy, right? You guys have seen the, the guy that, that pulls the strings, so to speak, right? He's the guy that's moving that around. That's the idea. The love of Christ controls us, moves us, it, it directs us. It, it, our arms go up, our legs go up, our everything moves because the love of Christ is controlling us. And then he says this, there's a reason for that, and that is because we know that one died for all, so all have died. It's all about Christ. He is controlling in every way because he has done everything for us. goes on to say this, Christ died for all so that those who live would not continue to live for themselves. He died for them and was raised from the dead so that they would do what? Live for Him. There's why we are alive. It's who we are. We are now raised in Christ, brought alive in Christ for a reason, that we would live for Him. And then he goes on to say in verse 17, if anybody's in Christ, if you belong to Christ, if you're His child, there is a new creation. The old things have gone. Everything is made new, right? New creation. Now, I get together with family, and you guys, we're Christians. We're getting together like this. We're trying to encourage each other and think about things of our Lord. And, and so this morning, I'd like to share with you a couple thoughts that I have that maybe will be encouraging to you. Uh, but for me, they've, 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 they've kind of challenged me a little bit, and I'd like you guys to think about it this morning. Okay. Uh, it happened a couple of weeks ago, and, and I was listening to uh, someone who was in a, uh, a particular uh, organization group, and uh, they were talking about their what their group was doing, and it was a good thing uh, what their what their group was doing. But they were throwing so enthusiastic about it; they really were into it. All right, um, and I got to thinking: there's a there's a lot of groups out there, isn't there? A lot of things that are the really good causes: uh, Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Red Cross, uh, Peace Corps, etc., etc. There's a lot of great things that people do that are that are good for people, and they're good for our communities, and and, and, and good for our world as far as that goes. I mean, they, they think about people, and they're concentrating on people, and 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 I thought, you know, those are great things. What I found is is that people in general will get behind something that is a movement or an activity or something that is good like that that they think this is what this is a really important thing. And they'll start being involved in that and they'll they'll go to other countries, they'll give money to stuff, they'll do all kinds of things with that particular group or organization that's doing something good. I say good, I mean what I can notice is most of these groups that I've talked about and well as many many others are are doing good things, okay? And so in their activity and doing good, what I found is that enthusiastic about it. I mean, it's interesting to them, and they really, you know, put a lot of effort into it. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of their time, a lot of their life be dedicated to whatever this particular thing is, 
Also notice that if you don't want to be involved in it, they kind of look down on you. <laughs> All right, well, why aren't you interested in this like I am? You know, that's a good thing you need to be, you know. You know well, okay, it's just not my deal, you know, but you go ahead. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to take that away from you, okay. But with that, I found that, and, and, and by the way, it's pretty well across the board. Most everybody I know has something that they think is a good thing that they do for their community, for people, not everybody, now some people are just, you know, but almost everybody, they, they have something that they do. What I found that was, and, and it just hit me, I'm thinking, wait a minute, is that what Christianity is also? Is that what it means to be a Christian? It's, it's just our group, and, and we really like what we're doing, and, and we're enthused about it, and it's a good thing. And, and, and we should do that. It'll make our community better, to make our, our lives better, make our people better. Is that what Christianity is? It's, just, it's another good movement. It's another good thing that's going on. And we're enthused about it. And we like it. As a matter of fact, we even look down on people that aren't involved in it. You ought to be too, right? You ought to, you ought to be what, what we are. This morning, I'd like to challenge that. Because I'm not talking about some good thing we might do. I'm talking about a new creation. It's, it's totally different than that. In that this is all based upon the fact that there is a God. He is real. And if we're not his child when this life is over, we will not spend eternity with him. In other words, it's not about what we might do good on this earth. Oh, we do good things and we get behind little activities and stuff that we have, but that's not what it's about. What it's really about is the relationship with Christ. We're his child. We have a new identity. We've been made new into something totally different. Are we behind it? We're not just behind it. We are it. We've become it. That's our identity now. It's who we are. As was read a few minutes ago, I think Kevin read from Galatians chapter 2 a while ago in verse 20. Paul talks about his life and he says, I no longer even live. The life that I now live in the flesh, my, my fleshly life, I live only in Christ. It's Christ that lives in me. I have a new identity. I'm a new person now. Here's the kicker. All right. I didn't even know if I was going to say this, but I guess I will. I've noticed that when people are interested in little, I say little, they're not little. They're good things. In projects and groups and things that happen. Usually, those go for uh, sometimes years, several years. People are really involved in things. Sometimes they start them later in life, and they're involved in things for a few years and that sort of thing. But most of the time, not always, some people are involved in their whole life, but most of the time, especially things like the Peace Corps, or Salvation Army, or those good things. But they're kind of a young person's thing, right? Um, and people get older, and they kind of they get out of it, and it's just not as, you know, it's not as part of their life as it used to be. And they don't focus on it like they used to focus on it. And that's fine. Because don't worry, the next group will come on and, and they'll, they'll focus on it. And they'll take care of the, the, the programs or whatever's happening. And, and it'll continue or, or not. But, you know, it's, it's all right. It's not all right with a Christian. That's not the way Christianity is. It's not okay to say, well, I like it as long as it fits, as long as I'm interested in it, as long as I'm enthusiastic about it. Well, that's okay. But if I'm not, I'll just go my own way. Here's another kicker. What if your group does something you don't like? 
What if somebody in your group acts like they shouldn't act? I'm talking when I say your group, you understand what I mean, right? It's your, your uh, uh, Peace Corps group or whatever it is. Oh, I don't, I don't like the way they're going with that. Well, guess what? If I don't like it, you know what I'm going to do? I'll do my own thing. I don't like what you guys are doing. I'll, I'll do. Sometimes people that feel that way about the body of Christ. It's impossible. If, if, we, if we are a Christian, if we are, if that's who we are, if that's our identity, you can't make me leave it because it's who I am. You guys see what I'm saying? You can't do something that will make me mad enough that I'm going to walk away from who I am. My relationship is in Christ. My identity is in Him. I'm, I'm a child of God. That has, you have no basis on that. What, what our group does, there's no basis on that. I don't have a relationship with Christ. So this morning, and, and I'll also think about it for a minute, I've noticed with groups that some people are about kind of half, and not, they like it, but they're not really dedicated to the, to the group or whatever the cause is. I've noticed that in the body of Christ, too. If what we're doing is talking about changing our activities or doing something that's good, you could say, I don't think I want to. And we'd all say, okay, you know, if you want to, fine. If you don't want to, fine. It's up to you. But when it comes to being and doing the things of Christ, we can't do that. Totally different deal. This is who we are, and we believe that if we do not follow Christ, then we are against Christ, what Paul said a few minutes ago. So therefore, this morning, if you, you find yourself involved in sinful things, I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard sometimes to, to grasp, you know, because maybe I don't want to apply it right to my life. I'd like to talk about other people and what they're not doing or what they are doing, and, and maybe they need the one that needs to change the stuff, right? No, I'm talking about me. What does God expect from me? Because I am something different. I'm something changed, so therefore, let's just apply it, all right? Here we go. If you want to stay in that sinful relationship with that man or that woman, what you're saying is, it's not who I am, just my group, and their activity doesn't quite align with mine, so that's okay, I'll do my own activity. You could do that if that's what it was, but that's not what it is. It's Christ. We belong to him. And by not doing it, we're saying, we don't really want to follow God in the first place. Paul's words, against God. You stay in that situation where you're a drunkard. Keep doing it. Or you keep using the Lord's name in vain. Or you keep slandering, keep gossiping. Or, I'm tired of this, you guys know where I'm going with that, right? Whatever it is that you just leave in your life, you know it's sinful, you know you shouldn't have it, but you leave it there. Oh, your group gets together on Sunday and they talk about how that we shouldn't do that because that's not what our group does, right? Well, if that's the case, then choose, your, choose what you want and, and do what you want, but don't do what you don't want. But if it's about a relationship with Christ and it's who we are, then if we read something in the Bible and our king has said, this is what you do as my child, then we'll do it. Amen? And if he says don't do it, then we won't do it. It's, it's not based upon whether our group likes it or not. It's based upon whether our king says it or not. Because that's who we are. We are his people. We are a new creation. 
things have become new. The love of Christ now controls it. It's who we are. We do not continue living for ourselves. We live for our Lord now. Our lives are different. This is not something we do on a Sunday and forget on a Monday. Amen? It's who we are every day, all the time. We never stop being His child. It is something that says we belong to Christ. We are His. It, whatever He chooses to do with us, doesn't matter. We're His. We belong to Him. And because we belong to Him, it's His choice. He does whatever He wants. The old things have gone. Everything is made new. Something I've noticed about the Spirit of God. He never butts in where He's not wanted. You guys ever notice that? He just, he just won't. I mean, if you, if you don't want Him there, the Spirit of God is not going to push you in there and, and make you do something. I mean, that, that's, that's not what... Matter of fact, that's not what, what God does, period. He just, he just doesn't do that. He provides everything. He provides life. He provides peace. He provides something that can only be found in Him. But it always comes back to the idea, is this what you choose to let control your life? It's up to you. You get to choose. This morning, I choose life in Christ. Now, I'm not even in any way talking about being perfect Okay? I'm talking about a committed, dedicated Christ life. It's all His, a new creation. This morning, if you look inside of your life, and maybe, maybe you've been thinking, I need to change some things. I need, there's some things in my life that I, I need to, 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 to move around and make different. Here's an idea. Instead of trying to change the stuff, let's back up and say, I need to fix my relationship with Christ. That needs to be like it's supposed to be. I need to be His completely. I need to have Him and His Spirit leading and guiding me in my heart and leading my life. And I need to start there. And so this morning, before you start thinking, wow, there's some stuff I need to change, some stuff I need to do different, maybe we need to start thinking, there's a relationship that needs to be fixed first. That's not what it's supposed to be. That's why I keep having these simple stuff or being led by these simple things. This morning, let's decide. We're going to put Christ at the center of our life. He's going to have complete control over us. We're going to stand and we're going to sing in a minute. And if you'd like to come before the group and say, family, I need your help. There's some things I've got in my life that uh, are not like they're supposed to be. Uh, and I need you to help me. We will pray about those things and we will help one another. I mean, that we're family and... None of us are perfect. We're just trying to be what God wants us to be. But I also want to encourage you. If your relationship with God is not what it's supposed to be. Now, if it's never began, you don't have any relationship with Christ. This morning, I encourage you. Confess Him as your Lord. Put Him first in your life. Be buried into Christ through baptism today. Talked about over and over in your New Testament. Give your life to your Lord. Okay? If you are His child, you began your life in Christ, but yet you're looking inside right now and saying, my relationship with Him is messed up. It's not what it's supposed to be. I don't have that closeness. I don't have that leading. I don't have that spirit guiding me. This morning, I'm going to encourage you. We're going to stand and we're going to sing, but when we're doing that, okay, you don't have to sing. You could be praying to your Father and saying, Father, I've messed this up. I want my relationship to be what it's supposed to be. Let me please be yours completely. Start there. The new identity creates the new activity, not the other way around. If you need to respond to Christ, please come as together we stand and sing.
this song. 